Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life, you've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game, and you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, And yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work, and you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me, and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, Samantha Brooks. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. And I want to tell the audience just a little bit about you. So I have Sam's bio. Sam is a graduate of the Empowered Secure Love program and continued on in the ESL membership program, spending approximately one year doing the work. Sam came to the program after years of unsuccessful relationships, one of which ended in domestic violence. Sam was drawn to work with Dr. Morgan after hearing her describe and heal from a similar relationship. In her personal life, Sam loves animals, working out, yoga, meditation, plant-based cooking, and personal development. And I can say from knowing Sam for this time that she is such a genuine, caring person. You have been such a gift to our community, being vulnerable, sharing all along the way, 
I'm really fortunate to know you and just really happy that we get to share your story today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, We have so much we can talk about. I think a good place to start is where you were at in your life before you came to the program, a little bit about your background and, and what was it that really led you to say, okay, I need to work on myself. Yeah, I was, I knew you were going to ask something like this and I was kind of thinking through and I felt like, let me describe it like the errors tour, right? So I'm going to take you on like my errors journey. Yes. Um, yeah. So I would say in my twenties era, I was, um, I, th- I heard this on a movie recently and I wrote it down. I was naive, ill-prepared, and uh, I forgot the other word, but yeah, uh, unrealistic. I was naive, unrealistic, and ill-prepared. That was my 20s era. I I think at that time I thought relationships really were based on passion. You know, I'd be like, where's the passion? <laughs> um, and it was kind of chaotic, honestly, lots of ups and downs. Um, my 30s era um, sadly was just healing from trauma. Um, it's not really the topic of this podcast. It was, um, I was downtown on nine 11. So I had a lot to heal from um, in my thirties. Yes. yes. And yeah, I know it's like add trauma to just trauma. Um, yeah. my forties era actually was a lot of fun. Um, I dated, I was on the apps. I was doing speed dating. I was going to meetups. Um, I had some great relationships. Um, and some not so great relationships. I mean, you mentioned in the bio, the domestic abuse, and that was the 40s era. Also, we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. And my 50s era, which I'm happy to say I'm in and feeling amazing, is my healing era, really. Um, oh. and I would love to touch on my 50s era. I took a long break. And I want to talk about that because I feel like when I heard people talk about taking a break and working on one, oneself when I was in my 20s or yeah. Or any error, I thought, no, I'm not taking a break. And I didn't understand the value of it. Um, so there's such a wide range of experience. And I was actually thinking before we were talking, it's like, we can discuss really any topic. And I've probably experienced it. Oh, Sam, I love you being vulnerable and sharing this with us. And I think it's such a powerful example because so many women, especially, get in their head this thing about timelines. Yes. Like, oh, I should be at XYZ place. And if I'm not there, then it's never going to happen for me. And we just beat ourselves up constantly. But I love that you've shared this. Um, let's go, let's go to the 40s era because I know that was a challenging time. Yeah. And one of the things I'm really curious about too is what do you feel like your beliefs about yourself were and those really challenging experiences that that you had that that brought you to that place? Yeah. I love that we touched on this because I feel like so much of my healing has been through the belief work. And I feel like it's such a blessing, like this term that maybe people haven't heard, the neuroplasticity, right? So I think the fact that we can rewire us ourselves, because the common denominator in all of my eras was me. So it was my decisions, the relationships that I was picking. And that all comes from belief, my beliefs, my, my history. And so I would say, um, I, I was probably a little lost if I'm being very honest. I didn't really know who I was, what I stood for, what was important to me. I think in terms of relationships, I just thought two people had passion and they came together and somehow it just worked. 
um, I, I didn't really, um, I didn't have any kind of guidelines, like what were my boundaries, um, or, um, what was realistic to expect. And I had, and I really didn't know how to work through conflict. So, um, so I would get into a relationship and maybe what are those, like the first three months when it's like your honeymoon phase and, and then maybe that three months to six months period was, was really challenging for me. Um, and, and a time when a lot of my relationships fell apart because I didn't know how to navigate it. Is it fair to say that you growing up didn't have good models either? You didn't see a lot of healthy relationships? <sighs> yeah. You know, I, I grew up, I would say the eighties. Right. And so it's, um, I look back on that era again, eighties when it was like, it was just in terms of the community, there was a lot of drugs and not necessarily like young people, the parents and and drugs and pornography and sex and all of it. It was, it's even in the music when I listen to like certain stations that play that eighties music. And like, I look and listen to the words and I'm like, wow, like this is really what I was listening to when I was like 16 or, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that's what I mean about like not having boundaries, like just thinking that like all of this was like, okay. And, and, yeah. and it's, and it's really not. And, and, um, I had all sorts of role models. I had, um, uh, you know, my parents are still married, you know, 50 plus years, but there was also a lot of divorce around. And, and I will say one of the messages I was brought up with was um, always be able to take care of yourself, right? Because a lot of these women were getting divorced and they didn't have a career and maybe they were left without um, much funds or support. And so like, I think that's been a little challenging for me. I, that's been a belief I have to really look at. Like, oh, uh, always be able to take care of yourself. It's a great message, but but then it, does it really leave space for for me to let someone in, right? If I'm always, yeah. the, if I'm the rock and I'm alone and I'm taking care of myself, um, ha, yeah. have, I, have I built a wall that's so big? Um, so, so, so yeah, those, those were some of the beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting that belief because we could take that in and it could be really helpful. Of, wow, you know, I have to be able to take care of myself. And then you could say, and I also want to be able to rely on others. Or a lot of us here, I, I have to be able to take care of myself and put up your walls, protect yourself from others, don't rely on anyone, right? Like right. that's kind of the, the subtext, how so many of us interpret that belief. I, I would say that's been one of my biggest struggles between... Um, uh, I mean, and here I am being vulnerable, but it's been challenging for me to be really vulnerable in, in my relationships. I think there was a fear, yeah. like if someone really knew me, they wouldn't love me. And I think that's a common one. And, um, you know. And here you are on the show. I love it. I know. I got to tell you, like, I, I actually have sitting next to me what I wrote in in our group, the ESL group before I, you know, graduated yeah. about about um like where I am now and a reason I have it sitting next to me is because in these moments when I get nervous I forget how who I am I forget how far how far I've come and I wanted to share that because like I think that's important for women to um you know do do your journaling so that when you're in a moment of anxiety or, or you forget you know you can look at it and be like yes this this is this is where I am now and it's you know we talk you know you talk a lot about self regulation in, in the program yeah. and um, so yes, I think just to go back to what you said, look, look at me now, here I am on a podcast. I, I, in another group I'm in, I was asked to be like one of the spotlight members. So I had to write up a little bio about myself and give a picture. Yeah. And so like, it's like, it's like an, 
in bubbling up in all the areas where it's like now I have an opportunity to to kind of shine my light. And for many years, I'm going to be honest, I I wanted to be invisible. I didn't want to draw mm. attention to myself, and I didn't want to um, to be this. So and here yeah. I am, and I'm doing it, and so it's good. It's a real yeah. it's a real sign of healing. I love it. I want to just cheer you on in that. And I know seeing you at all stages in the program, I can see and feel the change in your energy of that. Okay. I want to allow myself to be seen for who I am. I'm loving myself. You know, there's, there's this glow that happens that's in your energy as you step into self-acceptance and you absolutely have that. Um, So it's just so awesome to watch. I do want to talk about where you are today, but before we do that, I just want the audience to know a little bit more about where you came from. You, you and I were talking about before, before the, the interview, we were talking about how we've both experienced domestic violence and being survivors of domestic violence. It's October, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I think it's powerful to just share a little bit about that experience, Sam, if you're willing to go there. Yes. Okay. Yes. Kind of tell us like how you got there and, and your experience getting out and maybe the impact it had on you. Absolutely. You know, one of my intentions on this podcast was to be of service to others, right? And so um, I think it's really important for us, all of us, to share our experience because, um, yeah, to help each other. So I will say that I met this man in my 20s. So he was in my 20s era and my 40s era. The 40s era was was when the, um, yeah, I'll get there. So the 20s era, um, I met him. It was exactly like I mentioned. It was like instant attraction. It was passion. We had a shared hobby. We spent a lot of time doing our hobby together. Um, It was very chaotic. You talk about, and I really want to make sure we touch on this. I've heard you say, when you're in in a chaotic relationship where there's the highs and the lows, it can trigger those areas in the brain that are similar to it, like an addiction. I think you talked specifically like gambling addiction, yeah. right? So it's like intermittent reinforcement. Yes. Yeah. The highs and lows. Yes. You sometimes hit the jackpot. Yes. Sometimes it's yes. terrible. And your brain starts to crave those, those highs. And it looks like gambling addiction is yes. what we see. Yeah. The highs were really high. I'll tell you when, when the highs were there, we, we was, it was amazing. Um, doing our art together, which was the hobby I was mentioning. And, um, and like I said, you know, the passion and, but it, but then the lows were really low. Um, and, you know, um, I don't want to get too much into his story, but the, he, he was, you know, um, drinking and, and doing other things. And, and, and I'm going to be on, I will uh, out myself here. I was actually um, going to Al-Anon, which is a 12 step program for friends and family of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it is, um, an anonymous program, but I'm, I'm okay with, with breaking my anonymity. Yeah. Um, and so like, even with the tools in that program, um, I still was way deep. I was way deep. And, and, um, mm-hmm. I think the challenge for people who are, are in our support group or our support network, right. Is that, um, you kind of have to watch someone until they're ready to help themselves. Uh, you can tell them, hey, I'm here for you, but you can't, um, there's not much else that can happen. So like here I was doing these crazy um, things that didn't feel crazy at the time. It just felt like this was, this was, this was a great, rela- not a great relationship. I don't think I ever thought that. Oops. <laughs> um, 
I don't think I ever thought it was a great relationship, but I definitely um, stayed in it. And um, I stayed in it for three years, actually. And um, and then it ended kind of abruptly and no contact. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so here's the crazy part of the story. So here I am in my 40s. I'm feeling better. Um, I'm, I, I find him on Facebook. I hate to admit it. I, I found him and I, and I connected and I, and there was a moment before I hit that friend request button where I thought like, do I really want to do this? Is this really healthy for me? And I was like, oh yeah, let's, let's just, yeah. And I did. Uh, and we connected after 10 years of not speaking. And, um, I don't want, gosh, it's so hard to tell the story because I don't want to go into all the, the ins and outs, but I will just say, um, we, um, we met, we picked up kind of right where we left off. It was very chaotic. Uh, again, once again, all the highs, all the lows. Um, and to kind of wrap this up and I'm happy to answer more questions, but to wrap it up, um, after, I mean, this was another like three year period. Um, I found out he was living a double life and he was lying to me. Um, and mm. when I confronted him with the lie, he slapped me mm. and, and left, which was a mm. blessing actually that he left. Um, was, yeah. yeah. And, I, oh, just going to say, I really appreciate you sharing this and being this vulnerable. Thank you. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into the details, but it's important to share some of the details. Um, and I will just say the one thing about after after her, um, I, I'm using the word specifically slap because there was a, definitely a shock. Like, what what is this domestic violence? What do I do now? What's, you know, and, and I was, luckily, again, I had the support network. I still was in my, my groups and, and everything. So I had a friend I knew I could call kind of late. It was kind of late at night. And he, um, he said, Sam, you have to call the police. And I was like, I don't want to call the police. Sam, you have to call the police. I don't want to call the police. We, I mean, this back and forth. And then finally I did call the police and they came and I gave my statement and um, they gave me some information on domestic violence. They asked me if I wanted to press charges and I said no. And um, I, I, oh, and I was going to say the good news about calling the police is, so when he got home, I guess he had a moment to cool down. Then the phone call started. The good news is because the police were there, I was able to just hand the phone to the police officer who said, leave her alone. Do, do not call her again. Wow. Yeah. And then I got an email saying, I'm sorry. So I guess the point is, is that it helped to deescalate the situation. That situation yeah. could have escalated actually from there. And um, thank God it, it deescalated. It helped um, it. Uh, yeah, I wish I could say the story ended there. Um, I did actually get back to, I did see him one more time in public, in a public space. And it was because he really just would not take no for an answer. And, um, you know, I think, uh, um, and then I wound up moving very far away. So now we're not anywhere nearby. And um, and I will just say one other thing, and then I will definitely want to, <laughs> he did reach out. So so then the pandemic happens, right? 2020. And of course I heard, I heard from him and, um, and it's kind of started all up all over again. And, and at one point I, I was like, I said to him, I'm like, do you love me? And, and his response was, um, whoa, let's not go so fast. And I'm like, so fast. I met this guy in, in the 1990s, right? <laughs> now it's 2020. 
<laughs> like if we're going any slower, it, we would be going backwards. Uh, and that was when I knew like, whoa, stop the insanity. Do not, cannot go there. Cannot re-engage. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is such a powerful share. I, I, don't, I don't even think you realize how powerful it is because there's somebody listening who's been in a similar situation where they knew that someone wasn't good for them, right? You know, logically, but then they still found themselves engaging and they, they found themselves being pulled into it. Yes. So the piece here that is so important that I talk about over and over, and I know you know about is that term repetition compulsion, repeating the pattern as a compulsion. It's not a conscious choice. It's an unconscious, emotional, biological pull to repeating a pattern. And through that, hopefully we develop compassion for ourselves. I'm curious, as you did the program and you learned about repetition compulsion, did that help you with compassion here? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I have a lot of self-compassion. I've done a lot of self-forgiveness. There's a whole like little ritual I did that I probably never even shared with you because it's not part of our program or the program that you teach. But I sat down with the names of all my significant relationships and I've had a bunch. And and I went through an entire ritual where I brought the relationship to mind. I acknowledged not just the pain I felt, but the pain I gave or whatever the word is you'd use yeah. for that. So yeah. like it had to do with like releasing both them as well as myself. So like I am free and you are free. And I kind of did that for each relationship. And so, yeah, there's a lot of self-compassion. There's a lot of self-forgiveness. Um, I definitely have awareness of, of how much before, reco- you know, the program or, you know, healing, I yeah. have a lot of awareness about where I self-abandoned, right? That's a big part of my story, self-abandonment. And mm-hmm. so there has to be self-compassion there as well and self-forgiveness. I didn't do it on purpose or even understanding those little some of them are little some of them are big uh, and little could be like oh i don't really want to eat this kind of food but but i will that's that maybe that's a smaller self abandonment than than a, a larger boundary maybe i i don't want to have sex but i say yes because i don't know how to say no that's maybe a bigger self abandonment so like there's all these different levels of self abandonment and um yeah not to get off of the repetition compulsion it 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 really can be hard and it was certainly hard for me when I was in that relationship to, to draw the boundary, um, not only did I have repetition compulsion, but I also think maybe he did because there was a lot of manipulation to get me back and engaged again. Of course. Um, yeah. Of course. And I think, oh gosh, I mean, there's, there's just so many pieces here. One thing I want to point out is that when we are attracted to someone who clearly has some narcissistic traits, some really difficult things going on in their life, substance abuse, this was the same with the the narcissist that I dated for a year and a half, very much an alcoholic, other substances as well. When we are attracted to that, a lot of times it's because we're attracted to emotionally unavailable people and it's showing up in the mental health concerns and it's showing up in the substance abuse. Because just as you asked him after years of knowing this person, do you love me? And he says, no. I mean, my God, like, you know, we just realized, wow, this, this person's incapable. The, the emotional availability is not there. Yes. And there's a caretaking element that I'm curious, you know, obviously in the program, you go through beliefs about relationships, right? We yes. like drill down into that. Do you, do you know what some of your old 
beliefs about relationships were? Yeah. So I think this also goes back to self-abandonment, right? So I feel like, and we've talked maybe in our group calls about, um, trying to think how to phrase this. Um, We were talking recently about people pleasing. And so it's about, in order to get my needs met, I have to kind of be focused on you. Um, and self de- devaluing yourself. Yeah. Devaluing others, yeah. Prioritizing I, others needs. Yeah. Yes. And, and I wanted to say that like, for anyone who's thinking this, cause I've done so much healing here too. Like my parents were like in their early twenties when they had me, <laughs> I look back at my early twenties, my God, yeah, I, I would have been a mess. And so like, I, I just want to be careful as I speak that like whatever um, beliefs that may have been picked up from my family of origin, like I've had a lot of healing there. They, um, they, it's, it's not about blaming my family or um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, no, it's knowing that like everyone did the best they could. And um, uh, you know, a 21 year old who has a baby prop maybe, it isn't really it's still maybe not that present for the child right in whatever way and so yeah I would say um growing up I wasn't really didn't have mirrored back to me how important my own feelings <laughs> were or that they were valid or that they deserved yeah. to be her- heard uh, did definitely never learn self-soothing soothing um thank you for pointing this out Sam because I think there's a lot of people who can kind of go through work and you see people online sort of like bashing their parents. It almost feels like it's in to do that, to cancel them. And I, I just want to acknowledge the the healing that is evident in you when you can say, hey, I love them. I know they were doing the best that they could. Yeah. And there's ways that they failed me. As we say, all of that is true. They were doing the best they could. There's some ways that they failed me. And then you're you're saying, I understand. They were in their early 20s, right? And I think... When we get to that place and we're not blaming others, that's when some of the real healing happens. We have to acknowledge how it impacted us, but also not just place the blame on others. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's where I get to do the rewiring, right? Like my needs are valid. My needs are important. I can state my needs and either they will or they won't be met, but I'm okay either way. Yes. Um, right. But when you're young, right, we're relying on a certain group of people, you know, one parent, two parents, yeah. grandparents, whoever's raising you, we're relying on that's, that's really our, our safety. Right. So like now as an adult, I get to say like, no, it's absolutely okay for me to state my needs. And, and if this person can't meet them, either I get to look at my boundary or, or I get to have it met somewhere else. Um, And, and, you know, again, like when we talked about like, how do I recognize a healthy relationship? I I was never taught. I was never taught like, oh, um, maybe passion isn't as isn't as important as someone who's caring, or who can who can speak when there's conflict, who can speak um, in a mature way and work out conflict in a mature yeah. way, right? Um, so it's like all these different things that you might want to look at, or that I look at now <laughs> as a more yeah. um, as a more mature person, like. Um, Right. So it was like, I was just going to, I was going to my romantic relationships, looking for, for 
things to be met that maybe weren't realistic and maybe there were things I could have taken care of on my own or maybe there were ways I could have communicated when I was upset that were healthier than mm-hmm. than not. And so like all these little things and I think like even like one of the things I was thinking like in preparation for the podcast, it's like there's this isn't like your relationship isn't like the prize that you get at the end. You didn't grab, oh, here you graduated. Here's your relationship, right? It's like, even when we're in relationships, there's working through conflict in a healthy way. There's navigating maybe um, breaches and trust, whatever it is. Uh, it's never like we get to this point where we're, we're graduated and, and here you go and, and all is well. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I do believe relationships can bring us happiness. And I also believe that there's a lot of growth opportunity in them. Time and time again, I have women who go through the program and yes, a lot of them do end up getting engaged and they find their person, et cetera. And I know that that's so available to you and that's beautiful, right? But time and time again, people go through it and they come to me and they say, I am so grateful for who I've become. And that is even more valuable to me. They'll say, I don't even care if I find someone, which is great because <laughs> yes. you're in a wonderful relationship with yourself, which is most important. Um, So I know we talked a lot about your past. I do want to just switch gears and let you talk about where you are currently and share with our audience and give give people hope. I can tell it's like almost painful for you to remember that past version of yourself. You're like, yeah, I don't want to be where I'm at now, which is a much different place. Yeah. So, So thanks for going there. And now take us to where you are currently and tell us about the changes you've had. Yes. So I just would love to just briefly read um, what yes. I what I had written in in the um, in our group. In, yes, because I feel like okay, yeah, I wrote um, yes. See, this is why I, I like oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am more comfortable showing up authentically. Yes, speaking my truth, honoring my worth. Uh, I feel like my friendships have gotten deeper and more authentic as a result. I am confident in myself, my discernment, and my intuition. I. I'm able to make decisions without getting a million opinions. Uh, I'm in the, oh, yes. I said, no more staying small and hiding myself. I started dating, but honestly, the personal growth feels more exciting to me right now. I feel really secure in the attachments I do have and trust they will unfold over time or something better. And that's actually one thing I wanted to share too. Like when you said, um, so grateful. Um, I forgot even what you said already. My gosh, we talked about so much, but I was going to say like, there were men in my past who I thought I wanted to be with so badly. And now I say, thank goodness it didn't work out. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I really wanted to make sure to share that because like, if there's any woman who's like suffering, listening to this and feeling like, Oh my God, I, this person, he, I know he's the one I have to be with him. Um, you, your, your feelings may change as you heal or as you grow. Um, I definitely, in in my history, I I think I felt like, you know, this is the person and it's like, they weren't, you know, and it's okay. I'm at the place now where I can say like, wow, thank goodness that, that didn't work out. And, um, and and where I am now. So like taking this break has been amazing. And I was always so against taking a break. Um, What does taking a break mean? It means saying like, I don't need to date right now and I'm going to focus on my healing. And, and it's about reestablishing a relationship with myself loving myself unconditionally that has also been a journey um i i was in a different women's group and i just will share very briefly like um there was maybe a body part that i wasn't accepting and and like then it's like it's all about so fall in love with that body part right and owe to it like like 
just, it's not about like changing our appearance. It's, it's, it's loving who we are exactly as we are. And having this time alone has given me the space to do that. Right. And, um, to, to take a look at my beliefs, um, to start to change them and, and rewire them and, and, and really, um, and rediscover who I am. What, what do I enjoy doing? If yeah. I were going to go on a date, what would I, what would bring me joy? You know? Um, yeah. I love this, Sam. You know, I've been talking about soft girl fall, which is where we get off the hamster wheel. We're focused on ourselves. Yeah. We're focused on our healing. Um, and I, I also wanted to talk about what you said in terms of taking a break because there's a distinction there because we can like logically, physically take a break as in we're not going on any dates. And a lot of people do that, but you also have to make sure you're emotionally and energetically taking that break. Cause I know people who maybe they're not going on dates, but they're still maybe obsessing over somebody. They're noticing that person at the gym and they're trying to like connect with them. So I think it's really important when we say take a break, we mean like 100% take your energy for yourself and you're not dating at all. Do you relate to that at all of like you could say you're taking a break, but then not energetically do it? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I will say, um, I think, again, that comes from it coming from myself, like not someone saying you should take a break. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to do this because I think I should be doing this. Right. I think when someone gets there in their own heart, then then they can truly take that break. But if they're if they're thinking like, oh, and maybe they're doing it because they they saw a friend do it and then their friend got into a relationship after, which is common, actually. But but you shouldn't go into it with this expectation. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I agree with you. I think um, I I wasn't on any apps. I was not looking. I was um, it, in and a it relationship was, with Sam. Uh, yes. And, and like I said, it was also very organic. No one told me I should do it. It's certainly not part of the ESL program for anyone who's thinking no. of joining and we'd be no. scared, like they're going to tell me to do that. No, it, it was just um, a time in my life when I said, you know what? I am tired of re redoing this, like the same relationship with a different guy, right? Because that's kind of what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, some are healthier than others, um, but but they all kind of had a similar pattern. And so it's about yeah, I'm going to take a break and just kind of get to like, what are these beliefs? What's running? What's, who's running the show here? <laughs> is this really me running the show or is there something underneath yeah. that? Oh, and I remember this is something important. When I did my like intake call um, with, with your team, I said, I feel like I have a blind spot. I, I feel like I have a blind spot. And, and, and I, and now I can see what that blind spot was. And it was some of these underlying beliefs um, mm. that were running the show. It was like a program that I didn't even realize was running, you know, like almost like a computer program or like the, the program in yes. the brain. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. That's exactly where I was in my life before doing this work. And how beautiful is it when you get to wipe the slate clean? We talk about, you know, it's like, okay, this isn't serving me. And then intentionally rebuild. Yes. Intentionally rebuild. Um, and I, I see that in you, Sam, of you have, you've wiped the slate clean. Yeah. It's been, it's been amazing. I'll be honest. It's been, um, it's been so nice. I have to be careful, right? Because it's been, um, now, now the, now, now I think the challenge for me is, is, is to like, let someone in, let be, be vulnerable yeah. with, with the man and, and have the discernment. Right. So, and this question has come up for me and, and I don't know if the viewers or listeners would relate, like 
I said, and I've asked this in our the public Facebook group, like, yeah. how do I trust myself after picking so many unhealthy men? How do I trust myself again? And I think I'm at that place. Like, yes, I have been dating, um, but no, no serious relationship. And, um, you know, to learn to trust myself again, to know that, like, if if I should start to see some of the patterns that I hadn't seen in the past, yeah. um, to know that I can take care of myself and and recognize it. And um, and and I think that's going to be the challenge for me, honestly, as I go forth. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about this, but this whole piece about, okay, I have securely attached Sam available to me. I've done the work to have that identity be available. And then the question is, am I making sure that I'm aligning with that version of myself as I'm making decisions? And we talk about this all the time. You know, it's different, different ways of being different inputs and you get different outputs and I know you've experienced this where it's like, oh, wow, I can actually enjoy dating. Yes. And that enjoyment of it is because you are showing up as securely attached and you've created safety. It's no longer a fear-based activity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is that I, I saw you post about that a few times. You're like, I'm enjoying dating. <laughs> yes. It's so true. And, and, and also to not have any attachment. So like, um, it was hilarious. There was one guy and he kind of just disappeared. And I sent him a text. I said, are you ghosting me? And he says, no, I would never ghost you. And then he ghosted me. <laughs> so just, but you know what? Now I have a sense of humor about it. And I could be like, this is hilarious. And then just move on. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, it's like, you're no longer basing your self-worth in the dating outcomes. Yes have a really good sense of self. You're not self-abandoning. You've got the love scientist approach of, okay, I'm gathering data. If this is how someone shows up early on, clearly I don't want to be with them long-term. Yes. And then it, it just makes dating so much more fun, so much more enjoyable. So yeah. Yeah. And it's not this, cause you know, we talk about repetition compulsion and I think back to myself too, in my, in my twenties, it was like, I always felt like I had to make a relationship happen. It was always on my mind. It was a compulsion. I was always yes. seeking out people. Um, I could never just be. And, and I would find myself in these relationships that were nowhere near the standard of relationship that I wanted to have. And it was simply out of, well, if I don't have someone, that means there's something wrong with me or I'm not worthy I had so much of my own beliefs about myself, like tied up into my relationship status. A hundred percent. You know, my friends and I talk about it now. I still have, I still have a support group around me. Um, uh, and I was just recently talking to a friend um, about not being the one to always initiate the texting. Yes. And, and that again, like exactly what you just said, it's like my self-worth cannot be wrapped up in if a man is pursuing me or if he's engaged engaged in our relationship, I meant. Um, and, 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 and because it's like, if we peg our self-worth on that, like we cannot put our self-worth outside of ourselves. It has to come from inside. Yeah. And um, yeah, I so relate to that being the one who felt like I had to make the relationship work. I had to try so hard. Um, mm -hmm. I had to figure it out, whatever it was. Um, mm -hmm. And um, that's definitely, that's definitely that's not. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Well, I want to celebrate this place that you're in and just, you know, myself having the privilege to watch you go through this transformation. It's been incredible to watch. And I, I know you, you feel a lot different. Um, I want to ask you if you, 
would speak to someone who's listening, who's maybe thinking about the program or thinking about finally working on themselves, but maybe they're a little scared. They don't know what to expect. What what would you say to that person who's kind of on the fence? Yeah. I, I mean, the first thing I say to all my friends is you are so worth it. You are worth putting in the time. You are worth putting in the investment. And I, um, you know, the, what I loved about the ESL program, um, and, and I already said this in, in my bio, I, I was attracted when I heard your story and I knew that you had went through something similar to me and you're also, um, you know, professional, you know, you're, you know, doctorate in clinical psychology, correct me if I'm wrong. And so like you have both the professional as well as the personal. So it's not like someone's up in some like tower lecturing to me about something I should do. Like your heart is there because you've been through it. And and I feel like everyone, all, all of the um, coaches in, in the program, whether it's on a group call or my one-on-one calls, you know, because I got to speak to Dr. Morgan as well as this other support staff who are all fully qualified, all been through the program. And also, um, I think that's another distinction. Like there is a lot of a lot of relationship coaches out there, right? But um, you guys all are um, professionals, th- therapists, really, right? Yeah. And so um, it was like the best of both worlds, right? And uh, so um, I would say, and I would also say, have patience with yourself. I think some of these beliefs are are so old and historical, and it took time for them to be embedded. And just be patient with yourself as you do this work. It 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 doesn't change overnight, but if you stick with it, I mean, the other thing we talked about in the intro is I stayed on in the membership program. Um, yes. After after the eight week program, I gave myself the gift, and it really is a gift, right, of the monthly membership, because um, yeah. again, it's not like eight weeks and boom boom you're graduating, and you know it's it's really a lifelong learning. And so I yeah. would say. For anyone thinking of jumping in, um, you guys in the ESL program are amazing. You've 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 been through some of these ups and downs that we're all sharing about, and, and you're also um, licensed and able to kind of give support um, and guidance, and and it's all there, right? It's 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 both do 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 your own self paced work as well as hop in on the calls, hop in on one on ones, hop in on the group forum. Yes, yes. So there's there's a lot of support there and a lot of love and a lot, and you'll find a lot of people going, oh, this was the other thing, right? So as we're posting beliefs that we can all kind of support each other, cheer each other on, I was shocked and amazed that so many of our beliefs are exactly the same. They might be phrased a little bit differently, but they all kind of come down to the same stuff. Yeah, and so like when roots, yes. they're very similar at the root. Yes, yes. So like as you're going through the program and connecting with other people, you can see that like, wow, I really am not alone, that we all kind of have these same root um, beliefs. And um, I'm certainly grateful. I gave myself the gift of of going through the program and staying in the membership. And, 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 you know, as I kind of like venture out now and um, it's always there for me if I want to come back. It is. And uh, yeah, yeah, like we were talking about, I can come to the in-person when it happens in 24, but like, yeah, the community now is there always for me. And um it is, Sam. Yeah. And I, I do want to just shout you out. You're an example of you know, an ideal client for us where you were always prepared. You came to every session, vulnerable, ready to really dig in. You, you worked really hard. You gave back to the community. Um, I think when I think about the membership, it's like you have so many breakthroughs in the eight weeks. And you do. You tap into this new version of yourself. You become this new version. and 
The membership allows you to integrate and to really maintain it. You have that support of maintaining that identity. I kind of think about like a weight loss journey. Like, okay, you lose the 50 pounds in the eight weeks or whatever, but then you want to maintain it. So the, the membership just allows you to have that support. And you, you have been in a wonderful example of somebody who really went for it, really showed up and it shows in your results. Um, so just like anything in life, you know, you really get out of it what you put in. And I'm really grateful that, that you went through it and showed up for yourself the way you did. Thank you. I, I will say, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I was been in a 12-step program. A lot of 12-step is about service. Um, how, how do we get out of our own problems? We be of service. We show up for other people. And so I'll be honest with you, replying to people's posts and questions has been um, really valuable for my healing as well, to be able to show up and be of service. And that's what this podcast is all about, right? I showed up vulnerable yes. to hopefully be of service to somebody. I, I hope that there is a somebody listening who who feels some hope, who knows that they're not alone, and who yeah. knows that there is help available if, if it's needed. That's exactly where this podcast was born from is service. So I, I love, I love that you said that. And I think from both of us, we want anybody listening to know that your past relationships do not determine your present or future relationships. It's never too late. You can always heal. You can always experience corrective emotional experiences, new ways of being secure attachments available to you. Always, always. Um, and Sam, you are such a beautiful example of that. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I don't normally share my age, but I felt like it's important. It, you are never too. It is. You are never too old, and it is never too late. Yes. And um, it, it's. It, I'll be honest with you. It only gets better with age because uh, you know now I have experience and wisdom. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're thriving. You're thriving. I want to make sure people can connect with you. Can you share with us your Instagram handle? Yes. So I'm on Instagram as Samantha Cooks Vegan. It is uh, yes. pretty much a plant-based page. But if you wanted to shoot me a DM, if you have any questions or need support or or just want to share, if, if anything I shared touched on you, um, you know, I'd be happy to connect with anyone there. I love that. I love that. Um, and I know we could talk forever. I do want to, you know, I always ask people this. So I'm going to ask you my final question for you. Um, if you're walking down the street and someone comes up to you and they're asking you your best life advice of the moment, what, what would you share with that person? I, I'm going to just share what comes right to mind. Uh, everything is going to be okay. I if, love if that, that. If that's simple, it really is. I, I, I'll be honest, that kind of came to me in a very spiritual moment. Um, and I remember thinking like, what, how is that possible? But this, but that. And, and, and with time, I, I get it. Um, everything is going to be okay. That's so powerful. Somebody needed to hear that today. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that speaks to just our human tendency. We want to worry and control and overthink everything. But when we can remember that, it's really helpful in our ability to surrender and trust our path, right? Oh my God, surrender. We didn't even talk about that word, but this has been just a journey of surrendering. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you have, you've surrendered so much. Yes, 100%. Yeah. That has been the word. If I had to sum it up with a word, I would actually say surrender <laughs> is it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, Sam, thank you so much for being vulnerable, for sharing with our community. I really appreciate it. Oh, this has been a real honor and a pleasure. And
Um, I I am just so thrilled to be able to participate in this, even as scary as it was. I hope I didn't come off as scared. It was scary. <laughs> you were wonderful. It was it was perfect, and I know the community really appreciates it. Um, and I know both of us are wishing everyone high self worth and great relationships. We'll yes. talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.